Welcome to Inside Your County Government. I'm Doria Fleischer, Charles County's Community Engagement Coordinator. I'm here with Wanda Collins, the Administrator for Intake and Child Protective Services with the Charles County Department of Social Services. And she is here to talk about a really important issue that's recognized during the month of April, National Child Abuse Prevention. Wanda, thank you for being here today. Thank you for having me. So I'm hoping, Wanda, you can start by just kind of talking about what Department of Social Services in Charles County is. I think we all hear DSS being thrown around as a term, but I'm not sure how many of our residents are really familiar with what your agency does, what you're responsible for. Can you give us that overview? So we work with some of the most vulnerable populations uh, in the county, uh, meaning that we work with the homeless, families that need financial assistance, and most people are familiar with food stamps and medical assistance. Right. We also have child support, uh, and even though we're a mid-sized county, we collect a lot of money that helps to sustain stability for our families and our children in the community. And then we have the traditional programming such as child welfare and adult services uh, that work to help to stabilize families. Okay. Um, and have some preventive services as well. Gotcha. And I, I hear you using words like prevent and stabilize and vulnerable. So you guys really are a support system, yeah? Yes. Excellent. Okay. And what, what do you do at DSS? What does your role entail? I am the administrator for child protective services. That entails the child protective services hotline as well as the adult services hotline uh, where the community call and reports of abuse or neglect. Also, I maintain the Child Protective Services Unit where we go out and we do investigations or assessments. I like to call them assessments more than investigations of families where we have reports of abuse or neglect. And I heard you carefully change that word from investigation to um, assessment. Can you talk a little bit about why that's important to you, kind of the stigma that's trying to change? Because I've heard you say that before, that you don't want to be the police. You are not the police. No, we're not the police. Um, We look at social issues uh, in terms of stabilizing and educating the family and finding supports so that, and when I talk about families, at our department, we look at a large spectrum. Of course, with Child Protective Services, we're looking at zero to 18. Mm -hmm. But um, parents play an important role in in stabilizing families. So we also have to have the knowledge to work with adults as well. Mm, Gotcha. Okay. And you and I met because... You came to our Citizens Academy class and you were dressed in blue and you gave me a blue ribbon and said, put this on your shirt because April is National Child Abuse Prevention Month and you should be wearing this. And I thought, this is a podcast. This is happening. So I'm looking at you across the table today. You're wearing blue again. Why is this month so important to you and what does this month mean? Well, it's a time that we recognize the families that we work with um, in terms of prevention We also recognize our staff uh, for the hard work that they do. And nationally, all of the advocates that work to help sustain um, safety and stability for children. 
So that big network from from the family all the way to the support system around it. Gotcha. Mm. Okay, so I think one of the things that I'd like to start with is what is the definition of child abuse? Because if we're going to talk about how to prevent something, we have to know what we're preventing. And I think that word sometimes gets thrown around of, you know, that's abuse. What does Department of Social Services say is the definition of child abuse? Well, I like to think of it as there are multiple definitions of child abuse. You have a clinical definition as well as a legal definition. So a clinical definition, we often see parents hitting children, verbally abusing children, um, and so forth, neglecting a child abandonment. But there's also the legal definition which the department works under. So we're looking at um, a child that's placed in significant risk of harm um, beyond just the, the hitting, beyond just the abandonment. Um, we're looking at a caregiver, a family member, or um, even now we do sex trafficking investigations mm -hmm. because they, the sex trafficker, is in a caregiver role, Ooh. meaning that they provide food, shelter, all the basic needs that a parent would uh, provide for a child between zero and 18. That's such a scary thought um, that that becomes a caregiver role, but I also can appreciate that if that is what's happening, then we need to adjust our practices to address it. Yes. Okay. So why is awareness and prevention so important for our community? I understand, and I, I love that you said we, you know, this month part of it is recognizing your staff that work so hard doing this every day. Why is this month important for the general public, though? Because oftentimes people look to a certain entity to, to take care of a problem, to eradicate a problem. And this is something we can't do on our own. The Department of Social Services needs community support in order to make sure that our families are safe and stable. So this is kind of a chance for you guys to say, this is what we're doing. Step in and help. We need it. We need that village, as it were. Okay. Yes. Wanda, something that I have heard from community members before is, what do I do if? What do I do if I'm standing somewhere and I think I see something? What do I do if I am concerned about a family member? What do I do if? What would you tell our family members to do if they're concerned that they are aware of a child being abused or they think they may have witnessed something, whether it's family, whether it's a stranger? What, what would you want our community to be educated about? Make the call to us, and then we'll go through our screening process to see if there's enough information to take a report. What about when we have a, a community member who says they were in a public place and they saw something or, you know, they witnessed something, but they don't know the family? What do you recommend that a community member does if they are uncomfortable with the way they saw a family interacting with a youth? They think it might be abuse or neglect, but they don't even know a name or they don't know who that person is. What, what would you suggest our community members do? They can call. Know that without specific information, we may not be able to assist the family. Uh, there's specific data. For example, if you don't know a name and an address or uh, how to reach the family, then we too may not know how to reach the family. 
if you're one of the questions that you asked me offline was what happens if I'm uh, in a grocery store or something of that nature, then that's when our sheriff's department, you can call them um, immediately. We want to make sure that individuals stay safe in the community. Some people feel comfortable enough approaching individuals. That's not something that I would necessarily recommend. But there are steps that you can take. And contacting the sheriff's department at that time is, is, is one, of, one of the options. Makes sense. The public should know that they don't need to know everything about the family. And they don't need to know that for sure abuse or neglect has taken place. There are other good outcomes that can happen because we become involved with the family. Maybe the family is under stress. We may find no evidence of abuse or neglect, but we may find a family that's struggling, a family that doesn't have health insurance, and we can help link that family to those uh, services. So there, are, um, we've had, for example, um, investigations where kids have not had um, medical exams for a period of time. Mm. And that's something that we were able to help facilitate. Um, and it wasn't because the parent didn't care or didn't want to have a medical examination for the child. At that given time, maybe they didn't have medical insurance and they didn't know how to access uh, the service. So there are other supports that we can put in place other than just the assessment or the investigation. So if I'm understanding correctly, if, if somebody has a concern about a child, calling is not a bad thing. Calling is not going to make something worse. Is that an accurate statement? We hope that that's true. The first thing that we do is engage the family. Because we consider the family our experts. Okay. Um, even though we're coming in with a level of expertise, every family is different. Um, we're all individualized. And any plan that we come or, with or develop with the family, notice I keep using with the family. Right. This isn't something that we come in and we just do, uh, unless it's absolutely necessary in order to protect a child then we're a little bit more assertive. Right. But still we're engaging a family because we believe that children belong with their family. Okay. And that together as a community, as an agency, we can keep a child intact with their family. Unless, of course, it's absolutely necessary to do some level of separation. But even then, we're asking the family, hey, is there anybody around that you trust mm. that can care for your child while we work with you? So it sounds like even in the hardest moments, the toughest cases, it's still the idea that we want the family to stick together. We want the family to feel that they have the control over this challenging situation. Absolutely. Gotcha. I mean, few people know that we are mandated, even if we remove a child, our first mandate is to try to place that child back with family or family members mm. to keep the child in the community of origin. So that's often not portrayed. 
uh, in movies and mm. films. Uh, and we, so we have a real hard time busting the myth. Yeah. Um, um, I'm glad to say that many of the, my uh, investigative staff, they're licensed uh, clinical professionals. And many of them have um, five or more years of experience, which is unusual in the Child Protective Services Unit or environment. I'm glad to hear we've got a good team working for us in Charles County. That's excellent. So I think some of, I, I hear completely what you're saying about the the myths and the kind of what happened in the past versus what we're seeing now and what our goals are now. Can you explain what happens in general when somebody calls and files a report? We're going to put your number in the show notes. We're going to make sure everybody's got access to that. But if a citizen has that concern and says, I want to try to make a positive difference and calls you, what happens? The first thing we do is screen the report because there has to be certain language, certain criteria uh, that a report meets even for us to respond. Okay. Let's move forward and say that um, the report is accepted. Then we triage the case depending on the level of severity. Um, we determine what type of case it is, whether it's a physical abuse, a sexual abuse, a neglect, or a substance exposed newborn, which they aren't, they're under Child Protective Services. But now they're considered at-risk cases, mm. so they're a little bit different. And then if it's a high-risk case, it may not be a child abuse assessment or investigation, but we look for other risk factors as well um, because we're about prevention. So how can we then prevent a child abuse from coming in mm. on a particular family? And then we can offer that family what is called family preservation services. So that's another level of assessment okay. that we do. Um, then, depending on the, the type of investigation or assessment, some of our assessments, we have 24 hours that we are mandated to go out and meet with the family, the children, and all of the children in the, in the household, mm -hmm. members of the household. Some of our assessments, such as the ne neglects, we have up to five days in order to contact a family from the beginning. And I'll say we have two types of, two levels of assessments. One is the traditional assessment, which would include all sexual abuses. So they're within 24 hours. Um, we have to see those individuals. Uh, we'll go to schools, homes, wherever we need to, to speak with the child and the, and the family. And in that case, you, you have eyes on that child within 24 hours? That's our goal, okay. to have eyes on the child within 24 hours and to make sure that they're safe. Okay. Okay. We also, within, now Maryland has a two-tier si system, and the second tier is called an alternative response which is the majority of the cases in Charles County. And part of the, it's still a 24-hour um, mandated, but look, most likely we're going to try to call the parent and schedule a visit mm. um, 
And where our assertion comes in is, again, by statute, we have to meet within 24 hours. From the beginning, whether it's a traditional response or whether it is an alternative response, we're trying to engage the families. And am I understanding the difference between the traditional and the the alternative is really the difference between I'm just showing up and seeing the child versus I'm reaching out to the family, making that contact, scheduling an appointment? Yes. Okay. Yes. But there are instances, even in a traditional, um, because we want to engage families, that we may, depending on the report, contact a family member ahead of the visits. I know that makes a lot of people nervous, but again, we're not the police. Um, We're there to support a family. I think that's a really important distinction. And I and I notice that you keep circling back to, we're not the police, we're there to support the family. And I, I can understand the level of stigma that's behind the work that you do for a lot of years. I want to make sure we have a, um, I think, a stigma in terms of social services and social workers ambushing mm-hmm. um, families. And that's not our role. Our role is to see individuals within a 24-hour time frame. So families can feel pressure because of that. That makes sense. And and I appreciate that you circled back to (laughs) that the the police are not, that's not their job either, because you do work very closely with the Charles County Sheriff's Office, I assume. Oh, yes, very, very closely, Um, especially with our traditional investigations, because there is possibly a criminal um, component Mm -hmm. to child abuse and neglect. And so they do a separate um, but joint investigation with us. So with many of our investigations, there are two agencies that are involved, our department as well as the police department. That makes sense. And am I correct, Wanda, that depending on time of day also is who I'm reaching out to, as in your staff is not working 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So depending on when I might call, I might be getting through to the sheriff's office instead of to DSS. Is that an accurate statement? Well, we are open 24 hours a day. It's a federal mandate that we have someone available 24 hours a day. So after 430, our, um, Sheriff's Department is very gracious, and they are our first level of contact. Um, So you call the Sheriff's Department after 4.30 or when our agency is closed. That makes sense. And then we actually have after-hours staff available um, that can respond depending on the circumstance. So no, really, our door is never closed. You're always open. We're <laughs> always open. It's important. It's from, from going back to what you said at the beginning of we're here for the most vulnerable population. It's good that your door is always open. So what kind of resources are available if, if a family needs this support? I'm, I'm, I'm sure you can't list everything, but can you give kind of an overview of what we can do, what our county does to support a family when they need it? Well, we have multiple resources. Um, I'd like to talk about, uh, in terms of our investigations, we have a child advocacy team, which speaks highly of the collaboration between the Sheriff's Department, the Department of Social Services, 
the University of Maryland, um, Charles Regional Medical Center, and the Center for Children. And what that means is if we have a high-risk physical abuse or sexual abuse, we have forensically trained investigators on both the department and the sheriff's department that can interview children. Mm. We're very fortunate in terms of if we find that that child has injuries or if we suspect that that child has injuries, then we have uh, sexual assault nurse examiners and physical assault nurse examiners that are trained at the University of Maryland Charles Regional Center that can actually do examinations. So our families get a very high level quality of care mm. when they come in contact with us. That's great. And so we try to collaborate um, to make sure that any extended services that are needed, the children get um, through the VOCA grants um, and through our agency. Any other resources that you want our community to be aware of that you're especially proud of that we're offering? Well, some of our internal uh, services that we offer, um, many under, child protective services is under the umbrella, under the Department of Human Services, believe it or not, under family preservation. Mm. So we have a lot of family preservation services and federally now with um, Families First, uh, which is a big federal push to keep children out of foster care, those services are growing. So within our own agency, we have actually family preservation workers that go out and work with families and help them negotiate community resources in order to reduce the possibility of children coming into foster mm -hmm. care. And again, to stabilize, help families become independent, and reduce risk to, to children. There's the intensive family service program that goes in probably about six hours a week. Technically, they're available 24 hours a day, to, um, and it's a team approach to work with families. We have the kinship group and program. Many of our children, if they can't return to their families, their biological mother and father, they may end up with grandparents, aunties, uncles. And so those individuals need continued supportive services. And we actually offer a group uh, that has been sustained for several years now in our county. We were one of the first counties to successfully launch that program. So That's I'm awesome. going to kind of tout them out. I think you're allowed to brag about that. That's good. <laughs> um, in order to provide support. Um, one of the things that we're getting ready to gear up for, for example, is summer camps hmm. and supporting families with, uh, with payment for summer camps. That's awesome. Um, we also have a father's group, which is through both the uh, family and Investment Administration, which is where with food stamps, medical assistance, along with our uh, family preservation program, fathers are real, real important. Um, whether you live with the family or you don't live with the family, 
And so we're trying to enhance dads, empower them to let them know how important they are. So we have, we were working in collaboration with um, Southern Maryland Community Action Network with their father's program. So there are lots of programming. It's difficult to mention one without mentioning everyone, but we're also increasing our uh, trauma-focused programs. That's the new buzzword <laughs> in the in the community. Everything is trauma-focused. Mm-hmm. And so we're working in, with community organizations, counseling services to enhance trauma-focused therapies and treatments. We work very closely with the health department. Uh, we have actually an intake specialist attached to the Department of Social Services. So if we have someone that has substance use issues, we can try to get them services as quickly as possible. So there, we work very closely with the Board of Education as well. So our collaborations are are great within the community. I, I love hearing that, you know, as as somebody who works for Charles County government and sees all these different agencies, it's beautiful that if we can share these resources, if there's that shared communication and collaboration, we're touching that many more families and getting that support. And the resources you just listed, Wanda, are, I mean, that's a broad list of supports. I assume that if somebody is listening and knows a family that even if they're not concerned about child abuse at this moment, calling DSS is, is a good way to just open the conversation of, I think this family might need support or encouraging a family to call and say, I think my family needs support. That proactive approach is okay. Yes. And I must say, we are able to make referrals. There may be calls that are made to the Department of Social Services if through the conversation, we find that our service is not appropriate for the family, then we generally will give a list of services or point uh, the caller in the correct um, direction or in a direction that can uh, possibly help the family. Beautiful. Wanda Collins, thank you so much for being here with us today. I appreciate uh, you you giving time out of what I'm sure is a really busy schedule always, and especially this month of April, to come here dressed in blue as an advocate for our most vulnerable citizens talking about National Child Abuse Prevention Month. Thank you for having me. Um, we're willing to come out, have this conversation on a smaller scale. Awesome. Uh, just contact our agency, and uh, we'd love to partner with our community. What a great invite for others. Thank you. For more information on Charles County government, visit our website, www.charlescountymd.gov. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Subscribe to the county's e-news. Sign up for our text and email alerts through the Citizen Notification System. And watch CCG TV on Comcast Channel 95 or Verizon Fios 10. We're also now streaming on Apple TV and Roku devices. Just search Charles County Government. You can subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts by searching Charles County Government. And please also subscribe to our YouTube channel. Thank you for listening. Take care, stay safe, and stay engaged.